All right, it's, uh, it's our new series entitled Whisper. Yeah, there you go. Hey, guys, welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys here. Sorry you didn't think that was funny. Um, I'll scratch that from the second service. Just take that right out of my notes. I wish I could just write on this because if I could right now, I'd just be like, don't whisper. Come out more strong. Tell a different joke. I'll, I'll do that. All right, so that's what will happen. But hey, my name's Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at New Life. And um, I just want to say uh, welcome to New Life. Uh, I got to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us at our North Platte campus as well. So you're, in, you're at a church that is one church in multiple locations today. So we're live both here at our Kearney campus and our North Platte campus. And uh, man, I'm so excited about what God's doing at our North Platte campus. And I'm excited about what God's doing at our Kearney campus, by the way. So you're at a church where God is definitely moving. How many of you guys are excited to be at church today? Anybody? You excited to be here today? Man, I know that I am. I know that I am, but I got to start out on a different note, okay? We're, we are going to celebrate this, but it could feel a bit like a downer. Uh, good friends of mine and, and pastoral staff, uh, Matt and Abby Richardson, uh, this is their last Sunday with us serving as our children's pastors at our Kearney campus. Yeah, I know. And I love those guys because we go way back. Like Matt was like this tall as an intern out of college and he worked with me at Flatland. And uh, Abby, Abby was about this tall, you know, when she was in my youth group, when I was the youth pastor here. Actually, they were like full, full grown adults. But, um, but yeah, I, I was there the day that they got, uh, they got married. In fact, I was just talking with one of their boys the other day at Sunshine World. And he's like, hey, do you know me? You know me? I'm like, yeah, I know you, man. Your, your dad is Matt. He goes, oh yeah, you know Matt? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know him. Like I was, I was, and then I got all gooey with him because you know how little boys are. I was like, I was there the day that your parents kissed each other when they got married. He's like, ew. I said to him, I was the closest one to them like that. Right. And he's like, gross. I'm, I just said to him, I go, I'm the one who let your dad, you know, kiss Abby on the stage because I was officiating the wedding. So I go way back with these guys, way back with them. And they're going to be moving back to Omaha uh, Matt's going to go on staff back at the church we were both at before uh, at Flatland Church. So that's pretty cool. We kind of have a, a mutual relationship with Flatland Church. We, uh, we stole Dave and Tiffany Cumming to be our campus pastor. And we sent them out to North Platte. And now we're paying the tax for that. <laughs> and we're sending Matt and Abby back. Um, and, and Abby's going to continue on in, um, in her medical um, uh, studies and one day, you know, she'll hopefully move back here and provide us all medical care. And so, in this world where medical care is so whacked out, we just need one of our own. So, today we're starting a new series. So, oh, by the way, I said all that just to say this. Uh, please join us tonight at 5:30. I know it's in the bulletin. I just wanted you to hear it from me. If you're at a Norplatt campus, don't feel like you have to come at 5:30. Uh, today, we just wanted you to be aware of it because we're one church in multiple locations. And God's got some great plans for children's ministry coming forward. We'll tell you more about that next week. Whisper. Um, we've, all, we've all heard a whisper at some point in our life, right? Uh, I have five grandchildren and one on the way, six. I know it. You're looking at me and you're like, how is that possible? You're 26 years old. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite a bit older than that. And it, it's interesting about grandchildren, if you're at that stage of life, uh, like when you have kids, plan them or don't plan them, 
you know, because of nature, sheer nature, you can only have kids so often. You guys get that, right? Okay. But when you have grandchildren, let's say you have four kids, like we have four kids, there could be one month where all of a sudden you get four phone calls. Hey, by the way, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And you're like, wow, family's going to grow quick. Grandchildren tend to come more like popcorn pops in the microwave. <laughs> if you hear one pop, get ready. The bag's going to get full. That's kind of my experience so far. It's like pop, uh-oh, pop, 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 right? And, it's, uh, and so 6-1 is on the way. And I remember our very first, uh, very first grandchild. You know, that's a very special moment. And, you know, you're, you're trying to, like, figure out how's this interaction going to work. And, you know, his, his name's Aiden. And then he starts kind of, like, you know, getting mobile, you know. And he starts moving around, but that kind of, like, stumbling mobile. Like, you don't know if he's going to crack his head open in the next few seconds or he's going to successfully make it across the room. It's one of those moments. And so I'm saying to Aiden, Aiden, come here. Come here. Right? But he's the natural little boy. And he's distracted. And he's running off a different direction. And so I tried something at that early stage of learning what it's like to be a grandfather, which I get called Papa. And if you heard my story, I wanted them to call me Coach. Um, <laughs> but nobody would go for it. So it, don't go, don't try that one. It doesn't work. So my name's Papa. And um, I said, Aiden, Aiden, come to Papa. I have a secret to tell you. And like I changed my whole demeanor. Instead of like, Aiden, come. Hey, Aiden, come here. Aiden, come here. Right? From that to, hey, Aiden, come to Papa. I have a secret to tell you. And you know what? He like, I just remember this. He stops in his tracks. He turns and he looks at me and I go, I got a secret to tell you. Come here. And he's like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I get him and I get him close to me. You know, I mean, come on, man. You know, if you love, if you love somebody, you want them close to you, right? And I get him close to me and I whisper into his ear something and it tickled him and he laughed and he got down and he kind of like waddled away, right? And, but sooner than later, here he comes back again, Papa, right? Whisper, whisper. And I just, I give him a whisper again. I, I've been known, I've been known to whisper into my grandchildren's ears very important things at those, at those moments as well. When you get to hug them like I did Zion yesterday as we celebrated her third birthday and right before I leave, I pull her close to me and I whisper into her ear and I just go, you're the most incredible girl I know. You whisper life into their ear, right? And you just, you, you just speak life into them. So a whisper, it, it causes you to do some things physically. It causes you to lean in to hear it. A whisper is normally something that's very special to hear, right? You think about whispers you've told others. They're special to hear them. A whisper requires your undivided attention to hear it. You have to dial everything else out just to hear it. A whisper is something that's normally spoken from one person directly to another person. So a whisper then is spoken in close proximity. I think that's the reason why God chooses to speak to you and me in the form of a whisper more often than anything. Why? Because God has something very special to say to you and he wants to say it directly to you. So he whispers it so that you have to lean in. That's what God wants. God wants you to lean into him and get close to him so he can hold you and he can speak life right into your ear. And we know that God speaks in the form of a whisper because the Bible tells us. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, the prophet Elijah uh, has been, he, he's, he's being chased basically. And he has a, 
like a, a, like a number on his life, right? Dead or alive, bring Elijah back. And Jezebel's just ticked off at him. And so he's running for his life and there's a price on his life and he's tired and he's ran all day and he sits down underneath the tree and he basically says to God, kill me now. Kill me now. You know, like, let this, let this pain be over. I, I don't want to keep running this way. Like, just take me now. But instead of that, God sends an angel to him to feed him and to give him water because there's a long journey ahead for Elijah. He's going to be running for the next 40 days and nights. He's walking away from Jezebel to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, the same mountain that some of you would be aware of that Moses met God on. And he, he finds his way through the desert and through this you know, horrific terrain to get to this after 40 days and 40 nights. And when he gets to the mountain, guess what he has to do? Then he has to climb the mountain and he climbs the mountain, gets into a cave. And I like, I like how practical the Bible is sometimes. And it, it basically says you know, that he slept. I would sleep too, you know, at that moment. But he's awoken to, to these words. Go out, Elijah, and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him, the Lord told him, excuse me. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and, the, and a mighty windstorm, it hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. So then we read on. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, then there was the sound of a what? A gentle whisper. And when, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And then the voice said, God's voice says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now that story goes on, and if you want to hear more about that, then I would encourage you to read in 1 Kings chapter 19. But Elijah, he, he knew something. He, he knew that God didn't always work in the earth-shaking moments. It wasn't the wind that was tearing the mountains apart. It wasn't the shaking of the earth, which if you've ever been in, a, in an earthquake, um, it, it's one of the more terrifying things to be in. Having lived in Alaska, we went through a number of earthquakes. I still remember that first one. I was in my basement, it hit like a jolt, and it just tipped the couch slightly, and bam, I flew onto the floor. You just want to get out of your house. I mean, there's something about underneath you, the ground, the stable ground that we walk on, shaking that just kind of like, it can, it can transform a person. And he recognized God's not in that, and that this fire, that God wasn't in the fire. Which, what's so interesting about that is that just before this moment, you know, like a month and a half before this moment, Elijah had experienced fire coming down from heaven and consuming a sacrifice. Like for you and me, if we experience God moving in a certain way, like fire coming down from heaven and then there's fire on the mountain, here's what you and me would do. We would go, oh, that must be God. Because God sent fire before, now he sent fire this time, that must be God. But, but Elijah recognized that was not God. Although he had experienced the miraculous he recognized God in the whisper. Why? Because God was trying to say something to Elijah, and he's trying to say something to you and us, uh, you and me today. And that's this. God's trying to say, I normally come in the whisper. I normally come in the whisper. But here's the point. A point to take home today is this, that if you are looking for God to shake your surroundings, to hear his voice, then most likely you're going to miss him. 
So an example, like if you're looking for God to speak today to you in some prophetic word, like someone's going to walk across the auditorium and they're going to say something to you, and that's your high expectation today, then you're most likely going to miss the whisper of God. If you're going to try to chase the most recent spiritual trend, you're probably going to miss God. If you're waiting for some supernatural event to take place, to hear God, to make a decision, you're most likely going to miss God. Why? Because God's voice is normally heard in the whisper but the whisper to the heart. So what can we glean? Like, what, is, what does it look like you know, to start recognizing the voice of God? What can we glean from this one encounter with Elijah on this mountain that we can take home today and start applying that would allow us to start hearing the whisper of God more? Because the number one question a pastor gets in their career is, how do I hear God's voice? So this whisper series is gonna help you learn the principles of what it means to hear God's voice. Elijah teaches us this, that you gotta climb the mountain. You gotta climb the mountain. I mean, after 40 days of walking through desert terrain, up and down other mountains to get to this one particular mountain, after 40 days and 40 nights of that, he still had to climb the mountain. Many of us, if we would have even walked the 40 days to meet with God, Right? We would have got to that mountain, we would have sat down at the base of the mountain, we would have said these words, God, could you just speak to me at the base of the mountain? Do I really have to climb this mountain for you to hear me? And that, the reason for that is because our lives are, they're like full of activities. They're, we're so full of things that we're doing that we don't have the strength to climb the mountain. We don't have the time to climb the mountain. Our lives have become so busy that we're weary we get to the base of the mountain, our backpacks are so full, we don't have the strength to climb the mountain. And listen, if you want to hear the whisper of God, then we're going to have to put in the extra effort to climb the mountain. But our busyness has made us tired and many of us are running on fumes. I think that's the reason why Jesus said these words in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all of you who are, what? Weary and carry a heavy burdens and what will Jesus do? I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. But for many of us, our lives are just a sequence of running from one thing to another to another. And we're, we're weary. And we're carrying this burden. And Jesus is going, if you would just, if you'll climb the mountain, I can give you rest. If you'll, if you'll lay down all these, these other things that are holding you back, I, I can give you rest. But instead, we're up early and we're go, go, go. And then we come home exhausted just to sit down in front of the TV, just to watch something, right? And then we fall asleep to wake up and do it again. Like we've created a weary culture with little to no margin in our lives. Let me use another analogy to help you understand what our lives look like today. Those who I'm speaking to, all of us, by the way. Like if I could use art to describe your life, your life would be a bit like this one. It would be like abstract. Just chaos. Just, we're moving from one direction to another thing, to this appointment, to that appointment, to you know, searching this, to searching that. And we're just go, 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 go. Some of us have actually, we're so weary in this that we've just become addicted to it. That this is our new norm, is this abstract life that seems like we keep chasing our tail and getting nowhere. And when we settle for that abstract life, then really what we're doing is we're, we're substituting the abstract for this. 
This picture is the same basic color palette as the last one. But there's a radical difference between this one and the last one. This one, this one you could stare at it for a while, it will bring peace to you. This one you could stare at it for a while and you would find purpose in it. This one, you can actually, you can actually discover the storyline of this one. You can't discover the storyline of the last one. But the abstract is what we've settled for. There's little story, there's little purpose, and there's little peace. And we've substituted the abstract for something that has those components. And there's a danger, right? Because our busy lives have forced us to trade hearing God's voice for the shallow wisdom of hearing man's voice. We've put more credibility into the shallow wisdom that can come out of our mouths to one another than the depth of God's voice that can be heard if we climb the mountain. So therefore, we've lost the purity that comes from hearing God's voice. And we've settled for the weight of the burden instead of the sacrifice of climbing the mountain and finding rest. The very thing that Jesus said, we've substituted. We're more happy and more content with the burden, the weight that we carry than the sacrifice of climbing the mountain like Elijah did, even in our weariness, so that we can find rest. So what do we do? Well, we have to make hearing God's voice important enough to climb the mountain again. That's Elijah's example for us today. We've got to make hearing the voice of God ultra important, that it's beyond anything else, that it drives us to climb the mountain because when we climb the mountain, then we get a chance to meet with God. You've got to know this today though. There's a motivator to climb the mountain. Here's the motivator. We worship a God who speaks and he's speaking right now. He's speaking. We just aren't taking the time to listen to his voice. But God's speaking right now. I mean, A.W. Tozer is a famous pastor and author from the early 1900s. He, 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 he penned these words. Let me quote it for you. He said, the facts are that God is not silent, has never been silent. It is the nature of God to speak. That's right on. God's never been silent. He's not silent right now. And it is who he is to speak. I mean, go back to the very beginning of the Bible and go to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. And what do you see? It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Verse 3, read it with me. Then God said. Then God said. Right? Let there be light. And there was light. Then God spoke. This, our speaking God, he spoke. But here's what's profound about it in my book. What's profound about it is that there was no humans to hear him speak. Like God was speaking before he created Adam and Eve. Before you and me were walking on this earth, God was already speaking. It's the nature of God to speak. And then you jump to the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four books that are all compiled from different angles so that we can understand better the ministry and the life of Jesus Christ, right? So we can understand Jesus. And what does it say in John chapter one, verse one? It says this, that in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Guys, in this scripture, the word is Jesus. And that word, word, 
It's a little confusing. I got it. That descriptor, it literally means to speak. I, I get it. It could, you might think of it as word, like a printed word on a page. Well, that's what it ended up becoming. But the word, the speaking God already existed. The word was with God. The word Jesus, his son was with God. The word Jesus is God. Our God is a speaking God. So if you think today he's not speaking, you're wrong. If you think that he's not speaking to you, you're wrong. He is speaking to you and to me today. It's worth climbing the mountain today. It's worth it. You might feel weary. You might feel wore down. You might feel like your, your schedule won't allow it. It is worth climbing the mountain. God has something that he wants to whisper into your ear today if you'll climb the mountain. Why? Because God is speaking. And he's speaking to you. He has something profound to say to you. So you want to hear God's voice? We're going to have to climb the mountain. We're going to have to figure out in our schedules where we can press past just the weariness of just the abstract and start painting a picture of our lives that actually has a storyline to it. But Elijah also teaches us in this passage that you have to press through the distractions. So when, when Elijah he climbs the mountain, he gets these distractions, powerful wind, an earthquake, and a fire. Those are some distracting and terrifying moments. But Elijah, he, he waited for those to pass, and he wasn't overreacting to those, and he, he didn't get distracted by those. He was waiting for where God was, and God was in the whisper. So we've been talking a little bit about this, but guys, we live in a world that's full of distractions. Some of them are both good and bad, depending on how they come across in our lives, such as these things like work. That could be good or bad, right? Good or bad. It can, it can, be, it can work for us or it can be a massive distraction against us. Family's the same way. Children are the same way. School, sports, the internet, laptops, cell phones, travel, a strong economy. That's, that's awesome, but it can be a massive distractor for us as well. To 24-7 news, a thousand cable channels. I mean, come on, how many people, who needs a thousand cable channels? So all these things can be good, but they can also be massive distractions. And here's the problem. Distractions become interruptions that take us from reaching our goals. So in preparing for this Whisper series, I ran across the fact that there's actually a department of science called Interruption Science. Interruption Science. It's a branch of human psychology, all right? And yes, it's exactly what you think it is, right? They study the effects of interruption. Here's what that should tell you right off the bat. If you have to have a department in the human psychology, you know, sector of science that studies interruption, Here's, here's the point you should be taking away from that. We have a problem, people. Science is studying it, and they're trying to figure out the effects of interruption. And in that study, one of the things that stood out was this, that they discovered that in their studies that the average human is interrupted every three minutes while trying to accomplish a task. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, when I read it, I was like, I might have been able to tell you that. You guys didn't have to spend all that money. Just hang out in my office for a little while and watch me try to do my work and then knock, knock, knock. Or I normally work with my door open, someone pops in, which is cool, I love that. 
That's why I keep my door open. And that's why I work in the office, right? If I didn't want distractions, I go work in my basement, right? So I kind of want them. I like them. Or my cell phone goes off or, you know, my app, my app goes bling. And you got to pay attention to when it goes bling. <laughs> I mean, every time it does that, you got to look at it, right? It's like my cell phone's become one of my closest friends. Like I got to keep building that, fostering that relationship with it. So there's a problem. And um, in our world, the, the interruptions can come from like 360 degrees. It's no wonder if we're getting interrupted every three minutes. It's no wonder why you sit here right now and you feel like you're always behind. Do you feel that way sometimes? Do you feel like, man, there's this, I, I can never catch up. I, I can't get to that point where I walk away on a Friday and I can just leave it there. Like I'm always, I always feel like I'm behind all the time. And so listen, this is what we're up against in trying to seek God's voice. If you feel that way in life, it's what we're up against. Like I just can't get enough. Like I can't get close enough to God. I'm having a hard time pressing through all of the distractions. So church, listen, hearing God's voice could be as simple as this dialing down the noise that comes with the distractions. You know what some of those distractions are. If the nature of God is that God speaks, then the problem's not with God, the problem is with us. It's less about God's part and more about us removing the distractions. But I wanna warn you today, I want you to remove the distractions so that you can seek and you can hear God in his whisper. I want that for your life badly, like I want it for my life. Okay, that's why we're going to talk about this concept of the whisper for the next few weeks and hit it from multiple different angles. And one of these Sundays is going to pop for you. Something that we talk about is going to, it's going to unglue your spiritual journey. And you're going to find a closeness with God like you have not experienced in a long time, if ever before. I would encourage you, do not miss a Sunday in the whisper series. It could hold the key to unlocking your relationship with God. I believe that our lives, because I'm a human, I'm saying this from our human nature perspective, I believe that for us to hear God's voice, it's as simple as turning down the noise, turning down the distractions. So if you choose to turn down the distractions and pursue God, I still want you to know, you're still gonna have a distraction, an interruption that's gonna come every three minutes. You may not, you may not have it come from the natural source, but it might come right here. So let's just do the math. If you wanna see God for 15 minutes, how many distractions, how many interruptions do you have to fight through if you wanna see God for 15 minutes? And the answer to that is four. I know you said five because everything you were taught in school, right, is it three times five is 15. But if you do that, you'll see God for 18. Because all you gotta do is fight through the three minute, the six minute, the nine minute, and the 12 minute, so that you can hit 15. Then you can take the 15 minute distraction or interruption, and you can say, thank you, I need to get about my day. That's all you gotta do. And let me just say this to you. This is not big, like I don't need to take you to a special class for the next three days and teach you how to fight through the, fight through the interruption. You already have that within you. They're so small, it's just a matter of doing some simple things like maybe don't take your cell phone with you into prayer. So that when it goes bling, you're not tempted to go look at it. 
right? Don't do that. Don't try to seek God in the busiest, most hectic part of the day. Don't do that because it's just going to interrupt you. So you're going to have to fight through these things, but you might want to practice what Jesus did. Mark 1, 35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. He got away from the interruptions. Even though Jesus didn't carry a cell phone, he still had interruptions. He went at a time that was pristine. Nobody was going to interrupt him. Nothing was going on. He got up early before daybreak and he went and he sought him, sought the father. I mean, that practical kind of a process can help us. But I've also heard from my wife when we were raising our four children, the best time of the day for her was at night after the kids went to bed and peace came back to the house. And there was this moment, this lull in the day when you would find her reading or just, you know, having her personal time. But guys, look, there isn't a perfect time. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that. The important thing is that we can't let distractions keep us from hearing and seeking the voice of God. Right? Because distractions, distractions will build from hours to days and days to months and months to years. And before you know it, it's been years before you've heard the whisper of God. It's exactly what the enemy wants for your life. Don't let distractions build from hours to years, guys. Don't let that happen. Break free from the distractions of the day and put yourself in a place to hear God's voice again. Last thing from Elijah's story, though, that we can glean is this. He leaned into the whisper, though. He leaned in. So once the wind and the earthquake and the fire came and then the whisper came, if you remember back what it said, it said that he, he, he started walking out of the cave and to meet with God. Like he was leaning into the whisper. He was, he was pressing in with an attitude of listening and hearing God's voice requires leaning into God with a posture of listening. Remember, a whisper is soft and it's quiet so that you have to lean in. A whisper requires all of your attention to hear it so you have to lean in, right? But God doesn't whisper into your human ear. God whispers into your heart. That's where he's whispering. So what does it mean to hear the whisper of God? It's like, it's like to sense the intuitive direction of God, to sense that intuitive peace that, that comes from God when you're making tough decisions. But please know this, God isn't going to speak to you for every little decision that you make. And be leery of those who come near you saying that God speaks to them a thousand times a day. That's not God's nature. That doesn't fit his nature. I mean, think of a parent. A parent raising a child. I've raised four of them. There's a certain day that comes that you don't want them to keep asking you all the little questions. You want them to take the wisdom you gave them, the instruction you gave them, and go out and do the right thing. For God to speak to you about every little thing would be for him to become the overprotective parent, and that's not in the character or the nature of God. God wants you and me to know him, to obey him, to follow his ways, and to walk out his wisdom in the decisions that we have to make. But just because God wants us to do that doesn't mean that we aren't supposed to lean in and get to know him and hear him when he is speaking to us. We should seek him, but we just need to know God set us on a course that when we were born again, if you're here today and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then it's like you've been born again. And the process, the process of being born again has opened up your ears to hearing his voice more clearly. But it's also opened up your heart to understanding his ways. And he wants us to walk that out. 
So the fact is this morning that we need to lean into God more than ever before. Let me just wrap up with this story. It was years ago when I left New Life the first time. I um, had been on staff here for nine years. Everything was awesome. There was no reason to leave. I've told you some of this story before. But I started to hear the whisper of God. The whisper of God came through like this. There, it was like a wrestling. You know, I just, it, something's got to change. I, I, you know, it's just like there's a... I gotta, I'm not fitting in. There's a movement that needs to take place. It's like a disturbance, if you will. And like, it's time, it's time to move. And I prayed through that and prayed through that and recognized that's the whisper of God. God's going, it's time to move. And so I went through the process of searching and, and, and going through interviews. And I went through a, a number of large interviews with very influential ministries. And I was thinking to myself, like the whisper of God's leading me in that direction. But every one of those large influential interviews I went to, I was in the interview or right after the interview, it was super clear. The whisper of God, the intuitive sense of God's spirit in my heart, I instantly knew this isn't the right place. It's not the right fit. That's not the right leader to work for. That's not the right ministry, you know, uh, to, for me to fit into. And I just knew it. And I, I walked away and I was content with that. But about the third one, I was a bit frustrated. Like, God, what in the world are you doing? And then my buddy Bart, who's planting a church in Omaha, gives me a call. And so I meet him in York. And lo and behold, in that meeting in Applebee's, I sense God saying to me, in my spirit, the whisper of God, there's peace here. This is where I want you. This is what I designed you for. This is your next step. And I am frustrated with that. Why? I wanted the earthquake. I wanted the fire. I wanted the wind. I wanted the big earth-shaking assignment from God. And God whispers to me to take a step backwards in pay, backwards in influence. But I leaned into that whisper. And I'm glad I leaned into that whisper because little did I know that that was exactly what I was going to need to prepare myself to return to be the lead pastor of this church. Church, let's climb the mountain today. Let's press past the distractions. And let's lean in to the whisper of God. Because God is speaking something today that's so profound, it might alter your course if you'll lean in and you'll hear it. And when you hear it, it might not be what you're expecting to hear. But if you'll climb that mountain, press past those distractions, and lean into the whisper of God, he's doing something in your life today, preparing you for something you have no idea that's coming. How important is it? Life-changing. Is God speaking? Yes. Is he speaking to each and every one of you today, right now? Yes, he is. Let's lean in and let's hear what he's got to say to us today. Don't you stand with me? Let's respond to God in worship as I pray. Lord, we thank you that you speak. We thank, we thank you, God, that you are faithful. Thank you that, Lord, you have something profound to say to your people. And uh, we oftentimes, we look for it in the wrong place. Um, or we're not willing to climb the mountain. We want to stay at the base of the mountain and have you speak to us. And you're going, no, it's not going to happen. I'll speak, I think, God, you say, when we're willing to climb the mountain. It means that we have to lighten the load in our backpack sometimes. And we're going to have to press past the distractions. We're going to have to lean in to hear your voice. Like you, we, we literally have to get close to you. We cannot stay at a distance. We have to get close to you if we want to hear the whisper. 
So Lord, may you take this church and cause us to lean in and get close to you during this time of response. May we hear your voice today and may it alter our course, change our life, and let us live a life that's more on purpose for you than ever before. I pray that in this church, Lord, our abstract lives would, 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 uh, would disappear and a life of purpose and peace and a story worth telling would be something that we live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.